everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episodes for talk on movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us. This is G- July. That's a sounded weird to say. July the eleventh, twenty twenty three. It is episode three hundred and ninety one. It is seven eleven day. So yes, get your free slurpees. Day. They don't do the thing where you can take in like a huge bucket anymore and just fill it up. I don't think, but uh, you I, can I think still I get personally ruined that. Yeah, you. They probably found out that you <laughs> kept bringing in gigantic containers. A Costco, literal Costco-sized container. And they were like, we can't do it that way anymore, guys. Just give them the small cup. All you get is the small cup. They said if it fits through the hole, you can fill it up. Problem is, <laughs> if it fits through the hole this way, it just keeps going <laughs> like a long tube. Technically, it fits through the hole. <laughs> well... We do have a show today that's not about 7-Eleven or Slurpees. Uh, or so let's, holes, uh, yes. Yeah, so let's get on to it. Uh, so yes. what's happened this week? Yeah, and we're going to start like we always do with the music section. Start the music section with the billboard and start the billboard with the Hot 100. Mm-hmm. And here you go. You can pick up your phone. You called it. Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo, your number one song. Important note about the billboard chart stuff on on the show starting today because we do it on tuesdays now these are the brand new charts we are not repeating we're like uh, reporting these from the past like we were so technically speaking we skipped a week but no one cares was it uh was the number one song the now number two song yeah it Last was still so it doesn't matter and so yeah, just just from now on though, these are brand spanking new. So we will be actually reporting on the right week. Yes, while these uh, charts and reports are new, the rest of the top five is not. Yeah. So with last night of Morgan Wallen being the number two song, number three is "Fast Car" by Luke Combs. At four, "Calm Down" by Rima and Selena Gomez, and rounding out your top five. Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Yep. As for your album chart, your Billboard 200, at number one, Pink Tape by Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah, debuting at number one this week. Coming in at two, One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. At three, Genesis by Peso Pluma. Coming in at four, Midnights by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And rounding out your top five, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. So if, go ahead. I was going to say, and no one's surprised, your number one album next week. Well, we'll talk about it later. Yes. But if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases, including Supermodels. Yeah. The album name by Claude. Yeah, I uh, saw them open for Le Tigre on, on Sunday night. Oh. <laughs> we also have People Just Want to Have Fun by Cool and the Gang. Yes, yes that, that Cool, cool and, the and the Gang. Uh, there's also Everyone Else is a Stranger by Lindstrom. Eye of the Bat by Palehound. 
Eye on the Bat. Evergreen by Puris. <laughs> I think it's Puris, right? No, I think it's Paris. Paris? I think it was an upside down V. Upside down a, a. Yeah. Inverted A. Paris. Oh, Puris. Don't ask me. I thought it was like, uh, was it uh, vibes? All, all the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> or like churches. <laughs> yes, churches. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> churches. And lastly, You and I by Rita Ora. Yes, that Rita Ora. Yes, and that You and I. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the music news. Yeah, some weird ones this week. Yeah. And we'll start with a little bit of a crossover with the sports section yeah sort of so uh this has to deal with the report in vegas where britney spears where currently lives she has filed a police report after she was allegedly assaulted by a member of san antonio spurs number one pick victor webanyama Security team, not Victor yeah. Webanyama himself, his security team, mm-hmm. who backhanded her in the face when she asked to take a picture with the basketball player. Yes. Quote, traumatic experiences are not new to me, and I have a, and I have had my fair share of them. I was not prepared for what happened to me last night, Spears posted on social media writing that she recognized Webanyama in her hotel lobby and saw him at a Las Vegas restaurant where she was eating dinner. And, quote, decided to approach him and congratulate him on his success. At being the number one draft pick and has yet to play in an official (laughs) NBA game. Spears says that the basketball player's security, quote, Backhanded me in the face without Ugh. looking, nearly knocking me down and causing my glasses off my face. You know what she means. She's missing a couple of letter, a num- a words there, but eh. yes, was lying off my face or falling <laughs> off my face. So the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department has closed its investigation on the alleged assault of Britney Spears. No charges will be filed against the person accused of smacking the singer during the altercation on July 5th. TMZ released the video of said incident on hand. Have you watched said video? No, I didn't watch the video, but I just, I saw that it pretty much just, it's pretty much shows what Britney described. Uh, It shows Britney Spears reaching out and touching Victor Wembanyama as he's walking away to t- try and tap on her sh- his shoulder because he's seven one and <laughs> she's five five. Um, can't reach. It's like taps on his back, and security guard sees a hand come in and smacks it down, inadvertently hitting her in the face on the way down. Mm. It still so, it, it still strikes me as like. A little bit of an exaggeration, like it's a bit of an exaggeration, yes. Yeah, should like should you go up to random people? Well, I guess not random people, like famous people who are flanked by security and touch them. It's probably not best practices. No, I wouldn't recommend it. If somebody asked me if they should, I probably would say no. But still, 
maybe maybe be a little bit more careful with how you're you know doing that that uh, that like blocking you know how you swipe a hand down away <laughs> yeah where the hand goes before you you look at where you're you're swiping yeah peripheral vision helps i think <laughs> in this situation <laughs> yeah i mean sex for britney um it's a bad look for this guy's security um but it's definitely a strange story and it definitely kind of was around this week in other britney speakers news i don't have this but uh she confirmed that her memoir is finally coming out and will be released in october and the title of that memoir i forget what it is but yeah it's out there you can google it uh, I mean, I could, but we have a show to continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's never stopped you before. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, it's a weird one, but uh, yeah, it was just too strange to not comment on. But uh, don't worry, Brittany's okay. I, I mean, I didn't think the uh, the woman in me. That's I remember that. That's the name of the Mart, The woman in me. Got it. Not so me specifically, how, just well, in Britney Spears. In Britney Spears, yes. That's yes. out in October, so she said that it will have plenty of, like, stuff about her life from her perspective, like, no filter, you know. It'll be interesting to see it. That it will be. Um, well, uh, Britney Spears wasn't the only thing uh, getting attacked this weekend. <laughs> well... No one was attacked in this story. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, technically it was a flying object, just like Britney Spears' <laughs> hand. So, during a recent Weekends with Adele show, the pop singer cheekily called out the disturbing trend of people throwing objects at artists on stage. Quote, Have you noticed how people are, like, for forgetting fucking show etiquette at the moment? People just throwing shit on stage. Have you seen them? Adele asked the crowd at her Las Vegas residency while wielding a t-shirt gun. <laughs> Quote, I fucking dare you. Dare you to throw something at me. I'll fucking kill you. She joked via a fan capture video. So, um, so I included again, this. In Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. I included this because not only is this ridiculous and Adele, obviously she's joking here, but still it kind of makes me feel that you don't want to mess with her because she might not be joking. Um, As she aims a t-shirt cannon in your face. <laughs> hey, if um, you know, if viewers of The Simpsons know anything that t-shirt cannons can kill. Um, but yes, anyway... how is old Grimesy doing? <laughs> wrong, wrong death. But, I know. Right, yes, that, that's a mob slander's death. <laughs> uh, but no, um, the other thing is, is I included it because it kind of encapsulates this recent string of people getting stuff thrown at them on stage. You've had a long uh, series of this thing, of this scenario happening to all sorts of different artists, and it just doesn't stop. Phones, food. You name it, things are getting hurled on stage for no apparent reason. It's actually like hurting artists. Like something, someone got something in the eye last week. It's just like, come on, people. Like, did we all just collectively forget, like, hey, maybe don't harm the person you paid to see? Like, 
seems like it's pretty simple logic. Mm, yes, but there was also the issue, uh, I think two years ago, where Kanye West was supposed to perform and got replaced by Travis Scott and they started throwing items at him. Yeah. So technically, they didn't pay to see Travis Scott. They paid to see Kanye West. He just happened to replace him. That's a very specific incident. It is a very specific incident. But in general, just listen to Adele. Don't do this. You don't want to take a t-shirt cannon to the face, do you? I don't think so. So maybe don't throw stuff at your favorite artist on stage. Don't do it. You're there to enjoy the performance. Yeah. Enjoy enjoy with your eyes and ears, not your hands and (laughs) fisticuffs. Yeah. All right. With that, it's time. All right. So we've been hyping this up for... I don't know, a month now since it was announced. It was coming. Seven, seven, <laughs> sevens. Seven, seven, it's sevens. It's here. Uh, speak now. Taylor's version mm-hmm. uh, has been released. Along with it, tracks from the vault. Along <laughs> with it, new music video yeah. of Taylor's vault. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor's in her own vault. It's weird. Yes. Um. So I have some uh, thoughts. I I wrote some thoughts up. They're up on the website as of today, so you can check that on me out at mediaboatpodcast.com. But um, in the meantime, before I start talking about what my feelings about it, um, I want to get your take. Uh, what do you think about Taylor's version? Uh, Speak now. So with uh, Speak now, I think because we recently did the. Right, Taylor Turney, more familiar with that album, uh, but sounded pretty good. I did notice that one song was noticeably absent in the re-record. I think it was the original from the Vault's uh, bonus track. Um, what was it? The uh, at the cinemas, the cinema movie song. So there's a reason. It's that's you're thinking of. Just like the movies, like the I movies. believe is the name of that. So she Something did like release a Taylor's version of that, but she attached it to Fearless because I guess it lives in kind of a weird like middle zone between both records. Mm-hmm. And so she released it around the same time that she also released the um, a couple of other bonus tracks for other. It was like weird, like last a few months ago in the middle of no other release schedule. She was just like, here you guys go. It was uh, at the same time as the, it was before the Till Dawn stuff. Anyway, so that's why it's not here, is because she decided to make that a fearless vault track, not a Speak Now vault track. Ooh. Yeah, but everything else is here. Anyways, um, I don't, I don't know what to put it. I don't know if it just sounds better or if it's just a really good album, but it's been on repeat for uh, about three or four cycles now. <laughs> right. How do you feel about the changes, uh, some of the subtle changes made to the songs, especially uh, we should talk about Better for better, th- uh, better Than Revenge because oh, that's yeah, probably she, the she, biggest change. Because she got rid of the mattress. <laughs> yes. yes uh, so, in case people listening to this don't know, so Better than revenge, uh, notable in her catalog for having a line that's a little slut shamey. Let's be real. 
which is funny when you consider that it the song itself is kind of a tribute to Paramore's misery business, mm-hmm. which also has its own issues with some of its lyrics. Um, so Taylor's approach this time was to rewrite that line. Uh, she has excised it from the song and replaced it with another rhyme uh, that I'd say roughly works. I think I've, I've, I'm ha- happy with it. It's just a li- it's a little weird. But like, I think she makes it work in the context of the song. Does it sound a little like folklore Taylor poet poetic? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. But that's who she is now. So we shouldn't expect anything less. Um, I think think it is a bit wordy. It does take, I don't say that takes a bit of a bite away from it. (laughs) But I think you're right that it does go to more of like the metaphor folklore evermore um lines that she has been more recently in the moth to a flame she yeah. lit the matches uh, yeah it, it's less mean certainly uh than the original line but i think it has to i think anything she was going to do had to be um here's the interesting thing about that song though it feels like they went a little i feels like it, she felt like oh well i'm replacing the lyric so I have the opportunity to actually fine tune a lot of other things going on in that song. I think that song sounds different, um, more different than anything else on the record. Um, it seems like everything it else sounds like a hit close. Yeah. And that one actually, it gets a sonic upgrade. Like you can hear like the guitars are a little harsher. The, um, the um, background vocal kind of recorded Taylor um is a little bit more like a higher fidelity and it's a little more like there's a little bit more texture to it and i think the whole thing sounds way better and i think it's thus a much better version of the song uh what's the other one uh haunted is also yes i think got an upgrade in this one as well i did um yeah generally speaking i think that the re-records uh are pretty good um there's some choices i think in the first half of the record that i don't love uh, I don't love the mix in Mean. I don't love her take on a lot of the lines in Speak Now, the title track. But I didn't really, I don't really care that much for Speak Now anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, the songs that you want to sound good, sound good. Um, and that's the important part. I think everything, all my favorites are pretty pretty much uh, survived the transition. Um, what did you think about the vault tracks? Uh I could do without actually <laughs> i think yeah. there's a reason why they're in the vault they're yeah. fine but they don't really add much substance to the album how'd you feel about fallout boy uh i don't know why they were here honestly yeah. i kind of felt the same and then paramore yeah. was uh thrown to the background so yeah it's interesting how both of those uh guest appearances are treated right mm-hmm. is that you get a lot of Patrick Stump on Electric Touch. You get he kind of overwhelms it a little bit. It's not a great song. I kind of see why it was not recorded before. Um, the chorus is okay, but I feel like it's like a little too much. Um, and yeah, I think my takeaway on that one is yeah, I would I would be really curious to hear what the original version of that sounded like, like without mm-hmm. fa- without the Fall Out Boy stuff with a different production, because I think there's something there, but I think the version we got. Is just like huge rock arena explosion, and I'm just like, ah, this is a little, it's a little much. Um, and yeah, uh, Castle's Crumbling. I think I like it conceptually. I like that it's kind of like a slower, kind of like vibey kind of song. 
Um, not what I expected a Haley Williams feature to be. I didn't think we were getting to get low key Haley. Um, and you're right, she kind of does get Lana Del Rey. Besides, like one verse that she's allowed to sing, and you kind of lose her. You kind of lose her in the mix after that. I kind of wish that you would have had, we would have had an opportunity for a true duet between Haley and Taylor because I feel like at this point they can probably they would probably be really good to singing together, and we didn't really get it. You need a featuring more Lana Del Rey or yeah, more Haley the, Williams. Yes, now with more Haley Williams <laughs> version um, is coming soon. Uh, how about the ones that just, that's just Taylor here? Um, what do you think of video, uh, the video and the song of, um, I can, I can see you. I like the video more than I like the song. Really? Um, but then again, it's also the, Hey, let's throw everything that you want to see in a Taylor <laughs> Swift music video into this video. It's a little... It, it definitely panders to fans and yeah. it's a little the, fan uh, Taylor Swift culture it's a little fan servicey also all the stuff about Taylor Lautner makes a whole lot more sense now why yes. he was like commenting on her shit it's like okay this they had already they had already done this mm-hmm. and he's in the Taylor universe officially now um yeah I thought it was cute I I thought it was cute I like the stuff uh where they're breaking literally breaking into the vault, vault. uh is cute but no, I actually really like the song. I think it's um, the first time since the last... Uh, I think it's the one vault bo- uh, track here that I'm like, okay, yeah, there's something here. There's something to this. A lot of that, though, is the production. Uh, this is the sole Jack-, Jack Antonoff credit. And you can tell because all of a sudden it's like a bolt of energy shows up and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, this somebody is actually trying to do something with this song. Um, and yeah, I think that's why it works. I really like yeah. it. But I think the music video, because of the way it's done, supersedes what the song is. Yeah. The other the other of all tracks I felt were kind of, eh, they're just kind of there. I don't love Timeless. I thought it was kind of boring. Um, and I can't even tell you what the other one was. So it goes to show you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, overall, uh, my feeling is, is that it's still a great bunch of songs. I think it's still a great record or it is a good reminder of how good those original songs are. Um, like I said, the changes that they made to uh, better, better than revenge and haunted are probably the best highlights here. Um, Enchanted sounds good. Enchanted is still her best song in my opinion. <laughs> um, and it really shines here. I love the version of long live here. Um, but yeah, I think it's overall a success whole package may be less exciting than red or fearless uh but really i think you're just going to you're bringing in what you feel about it with when you're listening to this and if you're somebody who's already listened to speak now a billion times of course you're gonna like what's here if you're coming in new i don't know if there's enough new stuff to grab anybody um but in my opinion though I can see you is the one that the, the, the good the new treasure that we found here, and I think that's going to be added to the Taylor Swift canon. Um, so yeah, I, I had a good time with it. It's not didn't blow my mind away, but I didn't expect it to. Yeah, it's still a good album. I think it's yeah. um, it still highlights her ability to sing. All right, which um, one do you think is next? Do we get debut nineteen eighty nine or Reputation? Um, she's not going to debut to the last one. So I'm going to go yeah. with Reputation. 
and then 1989 and then really? Really? Yeah. okay okay well. yeah i have no idea what a reputation taylor's version even sounds like i can't imagine what she does there it's gonna be better than the original does she try to get all the guests back does future show up like yes there's a lot of questions yes <laughs> and sheeran's i mean like easy to get but like hmm. <laughs> yeah who knows how that's gonna work out but um uh, all right well we'll have to wait and see in the meantime yeah. let's move on yeah in the meantime uh did you listen to anything else no, that was pretty much it. Uh, pretty much just waiting for more stuff to come out. I tried to find something else to listen to. I couldn't, <laughs> so I kept going back to it. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. All right. So, well then, with that wrapped up, let's. Oh, if you want to like read more of Matt's thoughts, go over to the yes. website. Like I said, my thoughts are up. Mediabopodcast.com. And so let's move right into video games. And we start with new releases. We do. And let's go right into them with The Valiant for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Oxenfree 2, colon, Lost Signals for PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC. I might play some of this. I played like an hour of Oxenfree 1 and just never had time to return to it. But I feel like maybe having like a narrative game would be a nice palette cleanser for when I'm not playing Diablo. So <laughs> I'm thinking about like, yeah, maybe I'll jump into some Oxenfree. So maybe, um, maybe I'll do that on Thursday. Watch this space. Watch this space. Uh, we also have Mortal for everything but the Switch. Tuhu colon new world for the okay. switch and pc in vector colon rhythm galaxy for the pc yep atelier marie remake colon the alchemist of salberg for the ps4 ps5 no switch and pc jagged alliance 3 for the pc and exo primal for everything but the Switch. Exoprimal is probably your big release this week. This is the Capcom dinosaur shooter. The uh, dinosaurs open through a time hole and <laughs> your team has to go defeat them. <laughs> yeah, seems like it could be a, uh, could be some fun. Uh, seems like that's, pro that's gotten a little hype. And Capcom's on fire right now, so it wouldn't surprise me if this is a good time. I mean, it sounds like an absurd... And always, and look, the trailers make it look like an absurd concept of, yeah. hey, dinosaurs are falling from the sky. We got to go kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? I know. I hate when a time portal opens up and <laughs> uh, 65 million years ago, dinosaurs are coming back <laughs> or being pushed forward or whichever way yeah. it's going. Well, speaking, right. about, speaking about the uh, dinosaurs and um, not knowing well, which way it's going. Yeah. Well, we now know which way it's going. Yes, because as of today, Microsoft has been cleared to acquire Activision Blizzard King in the United States after winning its court battle with the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. It's over, folks. It's over. Done. Because as of today, Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley of the United States District Court of the Northern District of California 
denied <laughs> the FTC's motion for a preliminary injunction. Had it been granted, the injunction would have blocked the $69 billion deal from being completed until the U.S. regulators in-house court had a chance to rule on whether the merger hurt competition in the games industry. Judge Corley's ruling concluded, quote, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision has been described as the largest in tech history. It deserves scrutiny. That scrutiny has paid off. Microsoft has committed in writing, in public, and in court to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years on parity with Xbox. It made an agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Switch. And it entered several agreements to, uh, to for the first time, bring Activision's content to several cloud gaming services. End quote. So, the quote goes on to uh, say something else about um, how basically the the decision is not like, oh, we think this is still, we think this is a good idea. That's not what they're saying by this. It was a very narrow set of things that they were looking at in this injunction. They were specifically just looking does this hinder other, like, does this create more or less competition in the game space? That was what they're focused on. That's why every single question and everything, the thing in these court, uh, in the in the findings was based on, well, how does this prohibit Sony from doing things? How does this prohibit Nintendo from doing things? It was the th same thing, kind of circular argument, because that was just what they were focusing on. So, they ultimately figured, like, based on everybody's testimony and based on what Microsoft had to say, well, we checked all those boxes. They said that they accounted for all the things we wanted them to account for. And so that's what's being said here. It is not in any way the FTC saying, yes, we're 100% behind this and they should do this. That's not what this is. But ultimately, it does mean that they can just do it now. Uh, it's more or less approved. It's not really approved. We have to wait for the approval to actually happen. Um, right, but that's approval between companies, right? not approval from the United States government. So at this point, this is pretty much the green flag. Uh, this will mean that before next week, which, by the way, was always the deadline, it looks like they're going to finally get in. They just snuck under the wire and will be able to end this deal before the deadline. Now, there's still the matter of the... Uh, impending European Commission and yeah. their findings. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because the European Commission is still question mark, but the UK did actually say today that after this FTC ruling was filed, they made a statement saying, all right, cool, well, we're going to hold off on saying anything else until, like, we're done, basically, too. They threw in the towel as well because they were like, well, we were waiting to see what the FTC said. It's not going to matter because they know that it's not going to matter what they say if the FTC gives it the okay, because they're American, they're, they're companies that are based in the U S. Mm -hmm. So I think that even that, that if the UK has given up, I think Europe's going to probably also give up and this thing will just happen. So yes, that means 
the opposite of I called it. I was wrong. Uh, last time you asked me, I said, you asked me if I thought this was going to go through. And I thought, no, I thought the FTC at the time had an argument. And no, it looks like they folded. It looks like this is just going to happen. So they folded because of what Microsoft has said yeah. in writing, in public and in court that yeah. they're going to play nice with Call of Duty for the next 10 years of PlayStation <laughs> and with the Switch. But note the language, specifically the Switch. Yeah. Not anything going forward, yeah. as well as bringing um, their uh, cloud-based gaming services for agreements as well. So ultimately, it's just a, a trust in Microsoft at this point. Like, we'll just have to hope that they say what they do, what they were going to say. I honestly don't know how much damage, you know, it will actually do to the game industry. Uh, but ultimately, at this point, it doesn't matter. Um it's just, yeah, we it's just going to happen, and we're just going to see what the aftermath is. Now, will this actually have any impact anytime soon? No, we're probably going to wait until 2024 for this to actually start actually making a difference in how Microsoft does business. They're not going to call the shots over there until this finalizes uh, for reals. And just like it was with Bethesda, we're not going to see this until like a whole calendar year has passed. So, so end of 2024 into 2025. Add yeah. with that Call of Duty for the next 10 years, you're looking at 2035 <laughs> of when it will become an Xbox or whatever gaming console generation that is exclusive. If that even happens, we'll see. Yeah, if Microsoft it, it makes yeah. it to 10 years. If the heat death of the universe hasn't destroyed us all. You know, like, there's a lot of questions um, about the future and who knows what things will look like in 2035. <laughs> anyway, uh. so yeah. We'll have more news as it comes, but as for now, it looks like this is pretty much your, your future is a Microsoft calling the shots over at Activision. No, I'm just thinking in 10 years from now, there's going to be kids who want a specific console because it has Call of Duty only on it. Could happen. Maybe. If Call of Duty is even still relevant. Like, there's a lot of questions about whether this is going to matter. If they were able to weather the storm between Call of Duty Black Ops and Call of Duty... Uh, whatever that one was, zombies. Yeah, but Microsoft has said in the past that a Microsoft-run Activision would take more advantage of their wide variety of IP. They wouldn't just be the Call of Duty store anymore. They would make sure that they were making other properties. So I believe them when they say that. And so, yeah, it'll look like a very different company. So we'll see. Uh, one thing I saw online, does this mean that uh, because they're buying both Blizzard and King, do we get World of Warcraft on Game Pass? So, maybe is my answer to that. Do you I get say Overwatch because... on Game Pass? So, it it's seems like it's going to be a case-by-case basis. I wouldn't be surprised if their approach is instead is to focus on the new projects that will eventually come out, come out to be Game Pass games. Because today you had Blizzard president uh, basically saying Diablo 4 will not be a Game Pass game regardless of what happens. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they might be just going by, oh, well, the most prestige prestige stuff that they want to protect will not be on Game Pass. Call of Duty, no. They already said more or less will not be a Game Pass game. I don't think the Blizzard stuff, call it, uh, 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 Diablo or uh, World of Warcraft will be a Game Pass thing. At least not in the first five years. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, far-flung future, who knows? 
But um, I think that this they're going to treat this differently than Bethesda because they know that there's eyes on them this time in a way that there wasn't before. Uh, so, I mean, we get a ruling, but now it's more of a wait and see. Yep, we will see. Right. Speaking of wait and see. Speaking of wait and see, um, the other big uh, publisher out there, Electronic Arts. Yeah. They have announced that a Black Panther game Yes, the Marvel superhero Black Panther yeah. uh, game is in development at the recently established internal studio, Cliffhanger Games. And you have to say it like that, because it is a Cliffhanger <laughs> Games studio. <laughs> As previously reported, the studio was formed in 2021 and is led by Kevin Stevens, who was boss of Warner's Monolith during development of Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and Middle-Earth Shadow of War. In addition to leaders from those games, Cliffhanger's team includes (laughs) veterans of franchises including Halo, God of War, and Call of Duty. According to EA. So, yeah, um... This is yet another example of a Marvel Studios property being assigned to a game studio, and we're not going to see footage of this for years, people. Don't get mm-hmm. excited. Uh, this is not the same as the, uh, what was it, Captain America, Black Panther, <laughs> uh, World War One, right? espionage game that they, yeah. that was yeah. revealed like two years ago. Yeah, this is different. Somehow, yeah. also different from that. <laughs> it's like if people were asking, "Oh, where's that uh, Wonder Woman game on the DC side that people that got announced a while ago that just disappeared? Who knows if that's even still getting made?" <laughs> it's like announcements like this are like, "It's cool that they're doing it, but like we're just—it's not going to matter until we see that it exists, and it may or may not exist in five years." I mean, there's also the Superman tech demo when. Uh... Was it The Matrix came out with the video game tech demo? Yeah. And that was two years ago now. Yeah, two years ago. So yeah, just uh, just as a reminder, just don't get too thrilled. But yes, conceptually, yes, a Black Panther game could be really cool. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see if it's real. Um, also in the works, whatever that Wolverine game is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, that... That's insomniac. That will happen, yes. but they have to finish Spider-Man 2 first. Uh, I mean, that's coming up later this year. So, yes, that is almost done. <laughs> almost coming. Get ready. All right. Anyway. Anyways, have you been playing anything? Just Diablo. And, Just Final um, Fantasy. So this past week, uh, they did announce that uh, it's the plans for Season 1 of Diablo 4, uh, which will be new content for uh, the campaign. And so you'll basically be able to start a new character to see, like, you'll be able, have to start a new character, basically, to see all of the content that they'll add. But uh, it sounds really cool. And it'll be new stuff to do in the campaign besides the main stuff. Uh, so seems neat. I'll ch- be checking that out. But uh, that starts on the 20th. So in the meantime, I um, I created a new character. I uh, tried a sorcerer class this time. And I'm having more fun with the sorcerer than I did with the rogue. So uh, I'm going all ice powers. <laughs> it's been great just freezing people left and right and you you freeze somebody and when you kill them they just literally like snap in half <laughs> it's a freeze out 
it's pretty cool. I love it. Uh, so yeah, I've been playing mostly with just that. All right. Uh, yeah, more Final Fantasy streamed a couple of it on yep. yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I don't know what I did, but, uh, or Sunday. Uh, but still, it feels like a long way to go. And then there's New Game Plus, so... Yeah. Oh, trust me, I'm, I'm looking at the same kind of long tail with Diablo as well. I'm just like, this yep. is never going to end, is it? Summer game. Yep. Gotta love it. Yep. Alright. Uh, other than that, yeah, I pretty much dropped uh, Rogue Legacy 2. Yeah. I'll eventually go back to it. You'll come back not, to like, it. You'll come back to it. Yeah, when I need a break from Final Fantasy, I'll go back to it. But even then, it's going to be like, okay, I've done three runs. It's been 30 <laughs> minutes. I'm I'm good. Yeah. All right. Stupid dying. Yeah, really puts a hamper hamp on things, for yeah. sure. All right. Um, if there's nothing else... Yeah, let's move on. Move on to television. And we always start television with the Sports Corner. Do, 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 point, do, point, do, point. Point, point. Sports! Well, treasure them now, because tomorrow, they're gone. It yes. is Tuesday the 11th, which means that tonight is the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It also means that yesterday was the home run derby. Your big winner was Vladdy Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who won and took the big trophy home. Uh, not to say that he wasn't challenged, though. Julio Rodriguez showed up in that first round. And, Hometown hero Julio yeah, Rodriguez. And beat the all-time record with 41 homers uh, in one round. In the first round, but they don't carry over yes the thing is is though with the home run derby you have to remember you get really tired after that first round and typically you see diminishing returns that was the case here julio failed to show up in that second round and yes oh i wouldn't say he failed to show up but I he mean, got close at the end he got close he it was missed it by two come on yeah it was it was honestly closer than i thought it was going to be um because the man makes up for quality with quantity uh, and just kept hitting those balls. And it was just like, fantastic. Both did a fantastic job, but ultimately uh, Vladdy took the, took the, took the trophy. And now him and his dad have wins in the home run. Yep. Father, son duos. Uh, I will say his win is a bit more impressive because he had to go back to back. Yes. Yes. In his showings uh, with did. the semifinals to get to the finals. And then was first up in the finals, just no rest. Yeah, right into it. It was uh, quite a feat, and I'm sure uh, tonight's uh, All Star Game will also be quite a feat. That's happening, I believe, right now as we're recording. So, uh, tune in uh, if you're not tuning in to us. Actually, no, tune in to us. Watch the game. Watch us finish, and then you can watch the All Star Game or watch both of it at the same time. I don't know. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you do. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, elsewhere in the All Star uh, weekend, here we also had the Celebrity All Star. Uh, uh, softball game which is always fun you had team felix hernandez uh beating team jenny finch i did not watch this did you watch any of this yes it was both great and hilarious <laughs> it always is uh, especially since um they have to end after 10 batters mm. not 10 runs but 10 batters so you can't just yeah. be up there like keep going just after 10 batters have hit you switch no matter if there's one out two outs whatever <laughs> So, because I have that rule, it makes it a lot less uh, intense and a lot more fun. Yeah. With that being said, you still have some elderly statesmen <laughs> who still, like Ron Howard, not Ron Howard. Is it Ron <laughs> Howard? 
um, who still try and hit it way over the designated home run area <laughs> and try and hit it over the actual home run area. <laughs> Ryan Howard, not Ron Howard, Ryan Howard. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, anyway. so that was that. And then um, elsewhere in sports, uh, Wimbledon is in its quarterfinal stages. Yeah, Wimbledon is happening. So is the Tour de France. Um, so if you are in France, I think they both take place in France. You have double sports, not technically major sports, but double sports happening in Wimbledon yeah. and the Tour de France. But um, but enjoy it while it lasts, because uh, here in the U.S., though, sports are done after tonight. And you know what always happens when there are no sports? Ugh, the Manly, the Man, Manly tears. Man tears start streaming down. Because, yes, the SB Awards are this week on Wednesday night. Liam Hendricks will get the Jimmy V Award. He is the pitcher who was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and then beat cancer and came back to pitch. Yeah. The U.S. women's soccer team uh, will get the Arthur Ashe Courage Award, all of them. Uh, yep, as a team effort for their continued fight for pay parity and yeah. winning said pay parity. And then the Buffalo Bills training staff will win the Pat Tillman Award for Service. Due to the Damar Hamlin uh, Monday night. Yes. Tra- this is a tragedy. Tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that thankfully he survived it. Yes. yes. Uh, but yes, uh, it was still tra- a traumatic incident for all involved, I'm sure. Which that is the one that will definitely get the most tears from at least me <laughs> when mm. they bring that up. Because, yeah. oh boy, that was very emotional. Yeah, I ain't bet. I ain't bet. Most eyes on that game because it was also the championship game for a lot of Final, th- or Final Fantasy, Fantasy, Final Final Fantasy. Fantasy football uh, championships. <laughs> <laughs> the finals for Fantasy Football Championships. And you could have all the, the Final Fantasy themed names uh, that you want. I'm sure there's somebody on TikTok making those up as well. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to use any of those Taylor Swift names? Uh, I might depend on who I get, but probably. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of ideas in there. They're all pretty good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, well, we're going to wait until that happens. In the meantime, um, what else in sports is going on before we move to television news? Um, training camps will begin next Wednesday. So we're, that's why I signed in the nose here. So we'll bring it mm-hmm. up again next week. That training camps will begin the following Wednesday. They start reporting on the 19th and 20th. All right. Well, looking forward to that. Football's right around the corner. Right around the corner. It'll sneak up on you when you least expect it. Uh, Just like. And speaking of Victor Wembanyama, the Summer League is going on in Vegas, which is why he was in Vegas. Got it. That makes sense. So uh, look for tall people in Las Vegas. All right. players are in Vegas. Yes. (laughs) Let's move on into the television section. We always uh, start to the, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. We're going to move into television news. And our first story is a little bit of an update, although not the update. That will happen uh, in in about five hours, probably. No, 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 it's 24 hours on Wednesday. Oh, I thought it was was midnight tonight. No, it's midnight tomorrow night. They have it until the 12th. Yes. So put up the banner we're talking about. SAG AFTRA. Yes, uh, this is a little update. Uh, They haven't made a decision yet, though. Like I said, that's tomorrow. But in the meantime, 
leadership from SAG-AFTRA held a conference call with top Hollywood publicity agencies on Monday to brief the reps on protocols and how talent can best serve the union if and when a strike takes place. Quote, SAG-AFTRA's national board has the option to call a strike if the AMPTP won't agree on a deal that bolsters performers' careers and ensures their profession remains one that can support a dignified livelihood. That is what leadership wrote to the PR agencies ahead of the meeting. SAG-AFTRA initiated the meeting. It's the most sobering sign yet that the union may join the WGA in battling the AMPTP for more generous contracts. The current contract between the actors and producers is set to expire at midnight, yes, you're right, on July 12th, an already delayed deadline that sowed chaos in the industry for nearly two weeks with a will-they-or-won't-they guessing game. SAG-AFTRA leaders have also made similar outreach to top law firms and talent agencies in recent days. So they are prepping for this to be real, and it could very well be real um, by this time tomorrow, for all we know. Um... Thursday. Well, yeah. Depends, well, by, yes, right? by this time tomorrow yeah, at five o'clock. Maybe. Yeah. Um, just keep refreshing your feeds. <laughs> uh, keep refreshing the news stories to see if and when, most likely when, compared to, well with these kind of talks, yeah. they do go on strike. And when that happens, all productions shut down. Yeah. So I was talking to Christy about this before she left for work today, and I was like, "Well, they kind of are. It's going to force a lot of hands because." This well, the number one thing I saw today is the biggest concern I think for the for the studios is they thought their backup plan was to go international mm-hmm. because the WGA writers are mostly based here. They could take productions over overseas and basically still film what they want to do, get what they want to do done. And that's but what if, they have been doing. Yes, yes. But if the actors strike, it doesn't matter where you are; those actors are probably SAG. And there you go. Boom, they're done. And your productions can't continue. So this is going to really put a wrench in things for the studios. It's going to hopefully speed up the decision-making practice for both guilds. At least that's the hope. I mean, that's the hope. But there's also, as we've seen with the DGA, who could have also been on strike at this point but decided not to. Yeah, right. Um, see SAG-AFTRA get a deal before the writers. Yeah, it's possible. It's likely, but that'll set up, it will, it'll do the thing that the WGA deal did, or sorry, the DGA deal didn't do, which is it will set up a precedent to make the WGA deal better mm-hmm. than it would have been if that hadn't happened. It's not just the strike that's beneficiary, like that's beneficial for, for this. It's also beneficial that if they make a new deal, that they can use that new deal or parts of that new deal as a template for the kinds of deal that they make ultimately with the WGA. Especially since they're both seeking kind of the same thing in terms of increased compensation yeah. and trying to um, squash the talks of AI. Being there's, used. A, there's a lot of share. There's a lot of parallel thought happening between the two guilds. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could be really good. However, we're talking about the studios here, and that's a perfect segue into our second story because they already have a plan regardless of what happens. Their fall has already been, well... I'll say scripted out, but <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not quite. Yes, it's everybody what everybody figured, which is, hey, you like reality and game shows? Well, that's all you're getting, folks. Fox first. We'll go through to the other studios next. Well, the thing they were first, they were last, but the way yeah. I the way I yeah. read them. So we're gonna talk about basically what you're going to look forward to from all the major networks this fall. 
Fox has unveiled its fall schedule, and as expected, it's full of unscripted series and animated shows. The fact that Fox is leaning entirely on reality shows and animated series, as well as wrestling, is not a surprise given the fact that the writer's strike, which is, by the way, in day 71 as of writing this article, has disrupted production as well as the threat of an actor's strike. Meanwhile, Most of those um, in production or that they're going to have, a lot of Gordon Ramsay, yeah. a lot of competition, lots of animation. So your animation domination Sundays <laughs> are going to be fine because they have to write those and animate those way in way advance. So yeah, the, the Simpsons, I believe, will run until the season is done. Correct. Uh, they have a whole, they have a bunch of stuff already on lock. But Beyond that, though, it'll be interesting to watch The Simpsons specifically, because unlike a lot of the other animated shows, The Simpsons is a writer guilt, Writer's Guild show. I believe so is Bob's Burgers. So Yes, uh, because we talked about them getting yes. uh, into the guild. Animated so I, guild. Eyes on some of those shows will not continue beyond what's already in the can, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, ABC is taking a realistic approach to its fall schedule, given the current strikes. Leaning into unscripted titles, such as The Return of Dancing with the Stars, back from, um, where did it? Disney Plus for yeah, Disney season. Plus Purgatory, yeah. <laughs> and um, and a new Bachelor spinoff on top of the other two Bachelor spinoffs. Called Bachelor, uh, The Bachelor Golden. Yes. It's, um, yes, yeah, so we knew this was happening because anybody who watched the last season of The Bachelor... There was a little sting at the end of it, which would be like, do you know any seniors that want to find love? Yes, the twist here is it's seniors playing The Bachelor. Um, So get ready. It's okay. Most of The Bachelor Nation are seniors by now. (laughs) (laughs) Or they just bring back a lot of the previous contestants. (laughs) No, I think it's a new, they did a new casting call for, for, uh. The elderly, let's say. Yes, um, but don't be surprised if you see someone on there that says, I auditioned for Bachelor in 2005. Oh Here I God. am, 15 years later. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully not. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, that's what ABC has. They've unveiled its fall schedule. has zero. Get that. Zero original scripted shows. So, in case you were wondering, none. Yep. In typical CBS fashion, they have bet on stability, featuring very few changes, with five of the seven nightly lineups remaining virtually intact. These include supersized 90-minute episodes of reality shows Survivor and The Amazing Race. They're also working on backup schedules and contingencies that involve a mix of fresh, mostly reality, programming, and some targeted repeats. And lastly, NBC has a slew of scripted shows ready for fall, but there are plenty of strike contingencies on their side as well, built into their schedule. Since NBC renews shows early and keeps them in production, they were actually able to stay ahead of the impending strikes. Although, they will be short order seasons if the strike prolongs, as they didn't order full seasons of those shows. And that's exactly what we saw in 2008 with NBC having significantly cut and shortened seasons. Yeah. Looking at you, heroes. <laughs> so history will repeat itself over there. Uh, yes. But hey, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Anyway. I'm surprised they bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> I would not. Also, uh, yeah, let's bring, bring it back just straight up. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Let's do it. All right. Let's move on. You watched some television this week. Uh, Did I? Oh, no, it was here and then and now it's gone. 
what was here? Maybe that was the stuff from last week. I had I had a couple of things on your docket, but um, I'll delete it. Wait, did you add anything? I guess that was stuff you talked about last week. I did not add anything new. Yeah, I didn't add anything new. All right. Well, then we have no thoughts. We did not watch any <laughs> television this week, I guess, because too much of this has been happening. But um, who knows? Well, it was also Fourth of July week, so yeah, not a whole lot did happen. Well, that means we can move on to cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? You are no longer watching a Black Lady sketch show, as that has been canceled after its fourth season on HBO. We also have Welcome to Eden on Netflix, canceled after two seasons. And we have Snowflake Mountain, canceled after one season on Netflix. And then lastly, Netflix has also confirmed that the fourth season of Sex Education will be its last. Hmm. So there um, so, are your cancellations and renewals. So I don't have anything thoughts currently, but I will have thoughts next week on Quarterback. Oh, the right. new Netflix reality show that premieres tomorrow. Yes. But then I'll also have a new Netflix reality season to talk about. Love is Blind returns on oh, no. Friday. Oh, no. It's back. Wait, is Love is Blind? Or is it... The other one. The Ultimatum? No. Sexless Island. Oh. Uh, what is that one Too Hot to Handle. Too Hot to Handle. I think it's Too Hot to Handle is coming back on Friday. Oh boy. Well, enjoy that. <laughs> well, anyway. yes. We do enjoy that. <laughs> In the meantime, let's move on to anyway, our last yeah. segment of the show. I'll get your thoughts is... on those next yeah, week. Next time. Anyway, but right now, let's focus on ending this show by talking about movies, which is our final segment of the night. We start movies, as always, with the weekend box office numbers. Yep. And just like with the music section in the billboard, these box office numbers are from this past weekend. Usually we've been yes. about a week behind, but no, no longer. These are from this previous weekend. Yes. And the fresh... Hot, uh, hot 100s. <laughs> the fresh box office numbers <laughs> are topped by, of course, hey, a horror movie came out. Insidious, The Red Door is your number one movie this week with a $33 million debut. Um, and no horror movies are cheap to make, and that's a success. And they make money. Number two, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is your number two movie. Still disappointing Disney with only $27 million. That's only at 122 so did you see uh, the article that came out that said it took a hundred million dollars just to de-age Harrison Ford in this film? Rough. That's rough. Disney, again, we talked about it to death last week, but yes, rethink the strategy because the strategy is not working. That's what I was going to look up. Um, it's not official, but there are rumblings. And I saw something about Kathleen Kennedy possibly being out over at Lucasfilm. Oh, shit. Let me see if they, I can find anything that's updated on that. Well, I mean, in classic corporation um, uh, style, somebody had a head has to roll when something like this happens. Mm -hmm. And I guess it would be her. I, I mean, I don't know if it's an internal uh creative problem or if it's as much as it is a like a scheduling problem or a budget problem but i don't know i'm not disney but anyway yeah, uh, nothing substantial yet just a rumor well keep that in your note section and we'll uh revisit that in the future yes, uh, in probably the meantime, later this week 
<laughs> Meantime, let's talk about the rest of this top five. At number three, Sound of Freedom with another $19 million. That's at 41 domestic. Number four, Elemental, still kicking with $10 million this week. That's at 109. And rounding out your top five, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, still making moolah, $8 million to add to its massive $357 million total domestic. Yeah, it was. In case you're wondering about other debut from last week, Joyride, that was at number six with $5 million. So there you go. I mean, those are two widely different films, but also widely different box office results. <laughs> yes, <laughs> turns out. All right, let's move into new releases for this upcoming weekend. Big one this week. Early um, this week, technically it is a Wednesday release, even though really it's for the weekend. At least that's what you have here. I don't know how. Yes, it's technically a Wednesday release, but that's because it's the middle of summer. They had no one going up against them this Friday. So, hey, why not release two days early? But yes, uh, Tom Cruise is back in theaters with another Mission Impossible film, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, early buzz has been mixed, uh, but I guess we'll see how audiences see it uh, uh, when we talk about it next week. Because they put Part 1 in the title. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, are you planning on seeing this? Uh, I am. Okay. Um, I don't know if I want to see it this weekend. But that depends on other stuff. But it's not the one that I am running to see. Yeah. It's fair. No, the, mine's, are, mine's happening next weekend. Yes, we'll get to Oppenheimer and Barbie. Or Opera Barbie or Bar- Barbieheimer. Barbenheimer. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, Barbieheimer. Uh, yeah, wait for that. Not yet. First time Cruise has got to have his week. Yes. And so then we'll talk about time. that. Well, I guess we won't talk about that next week, but two weeks. Yeah, uh, Oppenheimer is looking to be my big summer movie. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, let's move on into some movie news. Our first story uh, takes us to Japan, specifically Studio Ghibli, as we have finally seen evidence that Hayao Miyazaki's final film, How Do You Live, is real. It's actually happening. It's going to come out. It will also get an IMAX release when it opens in Japan on Friday. It will be the first of his films to release simultaneously on IMAX, as well as other premium formats, including Dolby Atmos, Dolby Cinema, and DTS-X. The great animation master, who is now 82, has once again insisted this will be his last feature, a pledge he previously made and later broke during the run-up to the release of his most recent film, most recent, doing a lot of work here, the Wind Rises. I believe that came out 10 years ago. That was, 20, that was 2011. Oh my god, even longer than that. Okay. It's 12 years. Yeah. Wait, 13 years? 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. Despite the excitement surrounding the upcoming release of a new Miyazaki and Ghibli movie, remarkably little is known about the film itself. Earlier this month, Ghibli's lead producer, Toshio Suzuki, considered Miyazaki's right-hand man, said the studio would release no trailers and no promotional materials whatsoever ahead of its release, asking fans to instead see the film with no preconceptions. Ghibli previously described the film as a, quote, a grand fantasy, unquote, loosely inspired by Japanese author Genzaburo Yoshino's 1937 novel of the same title, 
a coming-of-age story about the emotional, emotional, emotional and philosophical development of a young boy after the death of his father. Global viewers will have to wait a little longer, though, as the film still does not have any, any release date outside of Japan. And I think that's on purpose because no trailers, no promotional, yeah. not even a list of who is acting in this has been released. No idea. Yeah, so it's a mystery. So, I guess we'll see what this is after for Friday. For all we know, this could be a silent animated film. <laughs> could be. I mean, uh, yeah, I have no idea. And this he's not really given us much to go off. But yeah, when the, Miyazaki puts out a movie, it's a big deal. Uh, yes. And so yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know of anyone who could do this. Just say, hey, I'm not going to give you any trailer. <laughs> no notice. Or just, we're going to release it on this date. And I have a title for you. There was one poster that was revealed in December, and even that was just the title of it and a sketch of a character and nothing else. I guess we'll see. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, we'll just go on Disney Plus and, um, you know, see what recent releases are on. Oh, wait, you're telling me uh, a recent release is not there anymore? Yes, because much like with HBO Max, Disney Plus is not um, keen on keeping titles that don't do well. <sighs> Including a very recent one. In what could be one of the most egregious examples of these streaming services removing content, a film that was released on Disney Plus just 48 days ago will be scrapped from the surface. Written by John Griffin and directed by Kyle Patrick Alvarez, the $53.4 million film Crater starred McKenna Grace and Scott Kid Cuddy Miscuddy. There has been no official reason provided on why Crater will be removed from the service, but it sounds like another another example of, well, we can make money back on the taxes if we just take it off the face of the earth. This was officially removed as of June 30th for the end of the month, but no one noticed until a week later. <laughs> Well, I'm sure the people behind Crater probably noticed. Well, yes, but it wasn't really picked up and and made news stories until a week later. Yeah, it's just I mean, we've already established our our stance on this shit. It just it's it the saddest part about this is the people who would want to be like, "Hey, I was in this movie and, you know, show the work that they did and be proud of it." They have no way because there's not going to be a physical release of this. Mm -hmm. They have no way to say, "Hey, watch my movie." It's just gone. It just disappeared. Unless they're able to Unless the actors or directors or editors or whoever are able to get a copy of it to add to their demo reel, yes, the footage doesn't exist. Or, you know, you could say, hey, check out this demo reel of this film that you can no longer watch. Yeah, it's messed up. It's really, really weird. And um, it's, yeah, it's probably like you wrote, like more than the most egregious examples of this. And oh boy, it's just disappointing. You know, we don't really like point our axes at David Zasloff at this doing case, stuff like this. It wasn't that it's going at Disney. It was Disney. No one is safe. Yeah, it's just happening everywhere. All right, on that bleak note, that's where we'll leave you this week. That's all we have, unless you watched any movies. Uh well, no new movies. 65 is out on Netflix, the Adam Driver dinosaur movie. I'm shaking my head because you didn't do your homework. You were supposed to watch Nimona. Oh, yeah, shit, I did watch Nimona. Oh, my God! 
You buried the lead. No, I watched it, and I tried to get other people to watch it. Thank you. Was I right or was I right? Oh, it was so good. Yes. I was amazed. It's fantastic. I, I like the ending. Yes. Yes, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I saw it on here because you already talked about it. But yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I, t- I totally watched it. Like, cool. I just wanted to, to know that you actually went in and did it because I felt you were a little skeptical last week. Oh, yes. I was skeptical. So I put it on and be like, uh-huh. okay, let yeah. me just see what this is. And takes... for some reason, I could not stop yeah. watching it. It takes about like 10 minutes to really sink in. But once it mm-hmm. does, you're like, yeah, it just enraptures you. It just once just it takes gets the, going, yeah. once your two lead characters finally meet up and get mm-hmm. going, yeah. and Nimona as a character is great in this. Yes, yes, Chloe Grace Moretz, yeah, in a fantastic performance. She is such uh, a, a good metal voice actor. performance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just put just start putting her in more voice roles, like because she's just great. She's just great. I was shocked with how good she is. Yeah, was, um, I was uh, showing it to some of. Uh, I was over at someone else's house this past weekend, yeah. and I put the trailer on for them. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, there's a music video <laughs> as a trailer yeah, that's on fun. Netflix. I put that one on, thinking like it'd give more like plot. They're like, oh, wow, what is this? Oh, what's this animation? And Chloe Grace Moretz and Riz Ahmed? <laughs> it's like, oh, I like those people. How have I not heard of this movie? Like, <laughs> well, here you go. I am literally telling you about this movie. Yes. Let's be in evangel- evangelists. Wow, I can't say long words today. Evangelists for this film. And that goes for everybody listening to this podcast. Please tell your friends and yourself, if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, just give it a watch. A good original animation is getting harder to find, especially now in, an, in a place where things could be just deleted off a surface a service if something isn't watched enough. So please, watch Nimona. Please just tell people about it. Get more people to watch it. Get those pump those numbers up so yes. more stuff like this gets to exist. All right. Well, that will now then do it for the <laughs> podcast. We'll be back next week for even more. So we'll have news and thoughts about all of those things and more next week. This uh, like, in the same uh, time around like Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be recording on Tuesdays. Uh, these will go up Tuesday night. Trying not to do Wednesday mornings. I had a yeah. difficulty yes last week, but yeah. I think I figured it out. I think I've solved all the issues. Cool. So you can find us on the internet in all sorts of different ways. First up, if you want to watch these podcast these video versions of the podcast, you can do so on YouTube. You can find our channel by searching Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find us there. Like subscribe. You can also find us on podcast audio services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, search Media Boat Podcast. You can find us on the internet on our website, MediaBoatPodcast.com, where you can also see an archive of our shows, but also writing that we occasionally do, including my thoughts on Speak Now, Taylor's version, which are up as of today, and Mike's uh, preview of the movies of July that was up just about a week ago. So you can uh, look forward to that as well. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter, at MediaBoatCast. No, we're not on threads, and don't ask us. We're on (laughs) Facebook, though, inexplicably. Uh, Still, if you search Podcast. And if you want to see us play video games every once in a while, see Mike continue Final Fantasy 16, you can do that on twitch.tv slash And then last but definitely not least, if you have any questions, feedback about the show, comments you want to make to us, any of that, 
you can email us directly at mediaboatpodcast.gmail.com. Email us there and you could hear your question read on the show. In the meantime, that'll be it for this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next time, the next week, for even more. Yep, we'll be back with more news, more thoughts, whether or not the actors strike, and um, football's around the corner with quarterbacks. There you go. Stay tuned and see you guys next time. All right, bye. Bye.